Entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with my listeners. I've put together an insightful and think outside the box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. It's specifically designed to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. All right, listeners, I'm super excited to introduce you to my new guest, Bob Berry. Bob is a principal at Answer Lab, where he uh, guides online transformation projects for the world's top brands and consults on the creation of new optimal online experiences in an age of coronavirus. He's the founder of the Human Computer Mastermind Academy, and in the early 90s at Hewlett-Packard, he led the first e-business teams that designed the first ever e-commerce, e-learning, social media, and cloud services. He led a multi-channel business overhaul at Deluxe Corp and drove $3.2 million in new business during the Great Recession. He designed and launched new learning systems that has guided 37,000 youth in all 50 states to prepare for life. He speaks, teaches, consults, mentors, and conducts research and direct leadership events worldwide with executives at Microsoft, Canon, eBay, GE, Honeywell, Lilly, and many others. My goodness, Bob, you have quite the resume of companies you've done amazing stuff for. Welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast. Thanks, Marcia. Glad to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Um, we know that uh, you're a big conversationalist around preparing for um, the new, new, kind of what where the world's going. And I really wanted to talk to you about um, what I feel to be the urgency in bringing everyday businesses, Main Street, online businesses, and having some sort of an online presence and not just a website, but some sort of a some sort of an opportunity to work with you online and really just develop that and bring it. So really excited to talk to you about this. Um, tell me really where you came in with this kind of idea. You've got a long history, but what, what drove you to go online? Uh, well, I, I, I'm a geek from way back. I, uh, I've enjoyed electronic devices and computing devices really since I was a kid. Um, and that led me to uh, eventually, you know, a lot of years ago, get a degree in computer science. And so my, my background is in computing and computers and computing devices of many kinds. And uh, because I also very much love business and marketing, and because I really enjoy people, uh, I very early on got very involved in how computing devices and humans interact. Uh, and so that's really been for the majority of my career. That's what I have focused on is to help help businesses of all sizes 
figure out how to make their electronic presence work for people and help people be successful. I love it. I love it. You said in one of your articles that we have this addiction with this little shiny screen, right? Right. And you notice in restaurants, people aren't talking to each other anymore. They're looking at their phones and they're, it's always going on. So how do we really get, I guess the, the million dollar question, how do we get our potential buyers to really engage with us online? I know that's always been a tough challenge. Well, it, a lot of it depends on your business. So you know, it used to be um, before mobile devices became so prominent, it used to be that everybody would try to locate you via your website or via email. Your know, website and email was kind of where a lot of this started back. Uh, God, it's been this long, you know, in the mid '90s. So you know, 20... don't say don't say how old. <laughs> so, but that's that's changed dramatically. Uh, you know, in recent years. So much of the way that we interact electronically and virtually is done through our mobile phones because we all carry these little supercomputers around in our pocket and we all have these little triangles of glass that we stare at probably way too often. And there are so many ways that you can communicate with your customers through those mobile devices. You know, it really depends a lot on what your business is to choose the right platform, the right channel to communicate. You know, for I'll just name I'll just name a few examples. Um, so you know, if you are in the construction business, for example, and you're doing do-it-yourself videos, mm. um, or you're doing home services, plumbing, electrical, you know, a lot of small businesses have put do-it-yourself videos on YouTube, <laughs> and they show. And I do this. I have an old house. I'm constantly fixing things. I'm sort of a do-it-yourselfer because I'm I have this engineering background. So I'm always going on YouTube to learn how to do stuff. So if you have that kind Me of business, too. YouTube is the place to be. You know, if you're creating crafts or you're doing, um, you know, artistic things or you're doing household items, you, know, you probably should be looking at Etsy mm. or maybe even, you know, uh, looking at, you know, providing those through some of the uh, online platforms like eBay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, big difference between what you might do on Etsy and eBay and what you might do on YouTube. Um, you know, if you're providing personal services, if you're a professional, then you probably should be focused more on LinkedIn because LinkedIn mm-hmm. is a platform for professionals. It's a way for them to interact and get familiar and provide services. So, and there are a number of other examples. So you have to take a right. real good look at your business and you have to figure out which of those platforms are the right fit for you based on what you're providing and who your customers are. But those are great ideas and great tools. And everybody has that FOMO of, oh, I've got to have a reel on TikTok or, you know, I've got to be on Instagram. But those aren't, aren't always appropriate for where you are delivering content in your ideal client lies. But, but when we are delivering content and we're putting our messages out there, what about creating some sort of way to engage with our clients, such as a course or um, more educational tools or online. Look at telemedicine these days. I mean, you don't even have to go to your doctor anymore because you can go on Zoom and show them the rash and get a prescription (laughs) sent to the local pharmacy. Yes, right. Yeah, so so you bring up a really, a, a few really important dynamics there. One certainly is what's happened in the world the last couple of years. And it's just been, uh, I think we're all pretty shocked by how much COVID has turned the world upside down. 
Of course, what that has done is it has driven the need to go contactless. Mm -hmm. So we need to do exactly what you and I are doing here right now. We need to be able to interact with one another, conduct a business, be able to communicate, accomplish whatever it is we want to do, and be able to do that without actually meeting in person. Now, things have gotten better since we have vaccines and but there's still the ups, you know, and downs, ups and downs ups and downs it's still <laughs> it's still very unpredictable and and there's no way for you to know any given customer what their preferences are going to be and how safe or how careful they want to be so you need to make sure that you're designing inner interfaces interactions transactions for all kinds of people no matter and and as we know there's a very broad spectrum of people's attitudes about and reactions to the pandemic we need to make sure we can cover all those cases. Well uh, and, and what you also bring up too is the, the one area where I'm so focused, which is being able to provide the right experience. Yeah. So you, know, you mentioned that I work for Answer Lab. We do a lot of work for high-end companies, uh, you know, the biggest brands on the planet. And then I do a lot of work for smaller uh, organizations and individual professionals. In all of those cases, I have a philosophy that Every business outcome, no matter the size of your business or what your products are or who your customers are, every business is driven by experience. Mm-hmm. Every single business outcome, every single business result that you can imagine is a function of an individual person making a decision within the experiences you provide them. In fact, you can make a case that the entire global economy is driven by individual people making decisions in some kind of virtual experience. Agreed. So we need to, so there's a lot of things that that businesses need to do to make sure that those experiences are understandable, mm-hmm. to make sure that people can define what they want to, uh, to make sure that you're in a position as a business person to respond to whatever it is that they do, and to make sure that those experiences are effective and that they work. Wow. 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 You know, taking it from a different angle of what are the experiences you want your customers to have? They have experiences before they meet you. They have experiences as they're deciding to buy. They have experiences through the relationship. And then they have experiences after the relationship. That's right. So I love this. This is really, this is really juicy stuff. Okay. So what are some of the challenges that, that we can overcome when we're looking at the experiences our clients have. So in the work <laughs> I've done with smaller businesses, um, and, and you know, it, this is not true of the large corporations. So the, you know, the companies I work with, you know, Google, Amazon, FedEx, Amex, you know, they, they have armies of people who are responsible <laughs> for making sure this works. That's why when you go to buy something on Amazon, it works. There's just, it's very it's rare. It's there the next day or the, or the same yeah, afternoon, I mean, right? They have got this figured out, okay? And there's a lot, now you can go and, and see what they do and people use this all the time. If you want a good example of how to do it right, you, you look at a Google or an Amazon, they've got it figured out. Obviously, this is a lot more challenging for smaller and medium-sized yeah. businesses and individual professionals or artists. Um, so w- one of the biggest things that we find that um, smaller businesses struggle with Actually, two things. One is their online presence just it has gaps in it. So, so you go to it's, I'm still surprised to this day how I go to a website and there's no phone number. 
or uh, or you go there and you submit a request through an online form or through an email and you don't get a response. Mm. Or you do dial, there is a phone number and you dial it and the voicemail is full. So small businesses often struggle with execution. I mean, the staffing is a problem. They're very busy, you know, yeah. being able to do this. So you need somebody in-house who can manage all of this and just make sure all these things work. Because so often it's just that, that small businesses struggle to make sure all this stuff is functional. Um, the other problem we are wearing a lot of hats after all, you know, I mean, the, the typical small business owner is probably wearing six to a dozen hats, yes. whether it's accounting, customer service, lead management, you know, chief garbage uh, taker outer. You know? Yes, right. But my my argument is that if you if you do the basics and get that right, it will pay for itself. You won't you won't lose leads. That are you, know, you won't you won't miss potential new business coming in the door, you won't make existing customers angry or frustrated. You'll be able to build on your best customers and continue to do business with them. And so you just you don't want those people falling in the you know virtual cracks. And sometimes there are a lot of virtual cracks that they can fall into. You have to be really careful. And that's another one too. This another area that we focus on. So you mentioned this project I did during the Great Recession with Deluxe. One of the and that and they're a big company. One of the problems that they had is they had all these islands. Mm. You know, they had a call center and they had a sales team and they had a website and they had email, and these things sort of operated under themselves. Yeah. And there was very little communication between them. So customers would go to the website and find something that they wanted, and then they would call the number and get somebody in the in the call center, and the people in the call center had no idea what was on the website. And so now you've lost that customer because they're just frustrated. So not only do you have to have these things work, but whatever touch points you're providing customers, you need to make sure that they can, they can easily go from one to another. So if they go to the website, make sure they can find the phone number. You know, right. If they're on your app or if they're on social media and they're on your Facebook page and they want to learn about you, make sure there's a way there that they can find the website. So you have to connect the dots on all of these things because any dot that's not connected is one of those virtual dark black holes that people can fall into. And, and, and in my experience, RC, is that's, that's like 80% of the challenge. That's the that's the eighty twenty rule. If you if you and it's fix, so hard to get a client in the first place. Why wouldn't you do everything in your power to make sure they can find you and get to you and learn more about you? Yes. So, mm. so so this stuff this stuff is not that difficult. It's not that expensive, and if you don't feel like you have the staff inside in house or you don't have time yourself to do it, you know, spend a little money, hire somebody who can come in and very quickly test and check all of those mm. and know where to look and know how to fix those connections if they're broke. And you're going you're gonna to pay for that many times over. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I know that there was a company I, I ran across one time that was talking about your, your um, I know I'm not using the right terms, but your global brand. So if they go to your website, all the information and actionability is there, but it's not just there. It's your, it's your brand reputation. So what is it said when someone Googles you? What pops up? And what's said when you Facebook and it pops up and LinkedIn and, you know, that one article you wrote 10 years ago that keeps coming up that doesn't represent who your company is. Yes, so that right. kind of 
brand architecture or global, you know, um, look at it is was was shocking of what people can find when they're doing. And then if that old number or old location or old link doesn't work, you're losing, you're losing the customer. You're yeah. losing the experience. Yeah. And and you can you can decide that you don't need all of these things. But mm -hmm. again, you need to make sure if you have them that they work. If, well if, you, if you don't like there, another example is um, depending on your audience and who your customers are. So young people, you know, some millennials, most Gen Z don't use email mm -hmm. and they don't use the phone. Mm -hmm. You know, they use text, they use Instagram, they use other social media platforms. So if you're trying to reach a younger audience and you're operating like it's still the 90s, and you're you're going to miss those people because you're going to try and email them and they're going to check their email once a month if they check it at all. And if you're going to try and set up some way for them to call, they don't feel comfortable calling. You know, I have kids in this age group, you know, forget about making a phone call. You know, yeah. it, it just it, they just some, something about their brains just doesn't register. So you better make sure not only that it all works, but that it's well aligned with again, as I mentioned earlier, the products that you're selling, but also the audience and the customers that you're trying to reach. You know, that's an important thing, knowing your audience um, in, in all of your marketing, branding, product delivery and everything, but more along the lines of how they like to communicate. Mm -hmm. That's really good. You mm -hmm. know, um, the last thing you want is an invoice sent to them via email and then they don't pay it because they don't look at it. Um, right. But more importantly, getting them engaged and getting them to feel comfortable working with you, you have to move to their level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. Mm, you, have, you, have to go, you have to go where they are. That's just mm. the business fundamental. Okay. So what are some of the um, what are some of the ideas that we can do? You had mentioned, you know, making sure that you know you don't have any gaps in your in your um, in your online presence that that those interested parties can fall into. But um, what are some of the other tools that we can use maybe that you work with some of the bigger companies that might trans transition down to us little folks? So another tool that we use a lot, which, uh, which is really important, is, is to understand the, the story or the narrative of mm. who your customers are. Again, this is something that we do um, in, in almost all the research that we provide, no matter the size of the company or the kinds of products or services or the kinds of customers, is having that context. And we give it different names. We call it persona, or we call it a, you know, a user journey, or uh, and they've got a lot of different names and there's a lot of different ways to tell these stories, but the stories are really important. And, uh, um, and, and so it, knowing who your users, customers, prospects are, understanding what a day in the life looks like for them, understanding what goes on in their lives or in their minds when they go to reach for your app or they go to your website or they go to dial your phone, knowing what's on their mind and what they need can help you structure your business and all of these virtual solutions in ways that are going to be a lot more responsive. You're going so to that's, that's a fantastic idea, but how does one get that information? Um, the best way to get it is simply by interviewing your customers. Mm -hmm. Now, again, the companies like, you know, the, the big brands that we work with, they spend a lot of money on this. It's very structured. It can be very expensive and they do it all. Yeah. Over the, they do it all over the world. And, you know, that's fine. 
but it's as simple as setting up some time to sit down with your customers and talk to them and ask mm -hmm. them some key questions. And, um, and a lot, again, a lot of people are so busy or they may feel like they don't know how to do this. It, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as having a conversation. And, and so, just and a brief survey kind of question. Not, so even, that, no? not even that formal. So if really? you, any interactions you have with customers, just ask your customer, can I take an extra, you know, can I have extra five minutes to learn a little more about you and just say, how's it going? You can keep it very casual and very conversational. And if you do that kind of on a regular basis, on an ongoing basis, you're going to start to extract little tidbits and little insights about who they are. That's going to tell you a lot about how to structure your business and your online presence in ways that are going to work a lot better. Mm, mm, good. Okay. Getting a little anxious here because that's a that's an overwhelming task that could take a long time to to provide enough data for it to make sense. Um, you know, there are there are um, there. What do you think of some of the SEO, um, not SEO, um, uh, client client data that's out there available online that if you put kind of a characteristic, they'll tell you, well, this is where the client goes and this is what the client typically does. You know, remember the old magazine subscriptions would tell you whether this person was of a certain level and liked upper level stuff or liked guns or liked, you know, these kind of cars and that kind of thing. So, so, so I, I honestly would be suspect of that. And, and for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that, it, again, for that data to be useful and relevant it has to be very specific to your mm -hmm. customers. And again, depending on where you're situated, you know, are you doing business locally or are you doing online and you're distributing widely? Again, what's the age of your audience? What kind of products and services? There's so many variables in that that it's hard to find data that's really a good fit. But Without even asking. If, but even, <laughs> if you, even if you can find data that's a good fit, again, with COVID, it's completely turned everything upside down. Okay, there's so much going on that... People have, you know, we're in the middle of this thing called the big resignation. All these people are quitting their jobs. Okay, so there's, there's that. There's the economic impact of COVID itself. People are no longer working in the office. They're now working at home. They're working remotely. So COVID has driven so many changes in demographics and where people are and what they do that some of that data, unless it's been acquired very recently during COVID, it might not be that reliable. I would be, I, I would be careful using that. It might not be, it might, it might steer you in the wrong direction, which is what you, you don't want to have happen. Good point. Good point. Okay. Okay. So with all of this data that we're trying to gather the right experience for our customers to journey through, um, how long does it typically take to start to implement and start to see the changes where our customers feel more comfortable working with us? You know, it doesn't have to take very long. And, I, and again, I, I think it's one of the one of the really important messages I want to leave with you and your listeners is that this process can be something that you build in on a regular basis. And you, you, if you're a solo business person or if you have a small team of people, mm -hmm. just gradually start to build a culture of having these conversations with your customers and start to identify some of the key questions that you want to ask them even to the point of when you complete a sale, just to say, so how'd that go? What, what worked well in that mm. and what didn't work well? How can we do better? And it doesn't have to be building a survey. It doesn't have to be hiring a professional research agency. 
It doesn't have to be turning your business upside down. Just start to have a mindset of learning who they are and learning what's working well in your business or not. Now, you can go a little further and you can, you can start to observe what people do when they interact with whatever your online presence is. So if you have a website, uh, if you are doing business through an app, again, like Etsy or like eBay, or if you have your own app that you've built, even setting aside a little bit of time to then observe people as they try to interact with that website or try to interact with that app, you're going to make some pretty major discoveries about what's working and what's not and what their reaction is. And, and you're going to take from that simple learnings that you can go back and say, okay, I need to tweak the website. I need to change this language, or I need to fix this order form. Or again, they looked for a phone number and they couldn't find one. We need to make sure we add the phone. Or we need to at least make it sure we don't use phone. If you're not going to use phone, fine. Just say, we prefer you contact us this way because of right. you know, whatever your reasons might be, and that's fine. Just make sure you're very clear with them. So again, at the very simplest, start to build in your own mind and with whoever you're working with, start to ask these questions, learn who these people are, learn what's working and what's not, and then go a little bit further, go that next step and find opportunities to actually watch people as they try to make sense of whatever your online presence is. You're gonna learn a lot from those things. And, and, and it's not difficult to do that. A lot of the um, analytics that are out there, whether it's your website can tell you how long someone was on your page and did they click to the next page? Did they fall off? Did they put their information into the cart and not hit send? You know, there's so many, there's so many analytical tools out there through the major firms, um, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, the Google you know, that, that you can get that information and it doesn't, it's not like, you know, high techy stuff that you can't understand, but I love the idea of following your customer. Where did they get stuck? Where did they spend time on your page reading that blog? Did they download it? Did they, you know, did, did they click through? Did they do what you asked them to do? Yes. Those, those ever important call to actions aren't always buy here. They're respond their share a comment, um, click through, you know, those kind of things. And I think those are the, those are what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Getting- those, the, those analytics are really important. So if you have like Google analytics where you can track your website traffic, you know, if you, again, if you're on Facebook or if you're on you know eBay, or if you're on, you know, LinkedIn, any of these platforms are going to have some metrics. They're going to have <laughs> some measures of how you're doing. They're going to, those data, those metrics are going to tell you what happened when it happened. What they're not going to tell you is why. Mm. Okay. So if you're looking at your, um, you know, website metrics and you see you got so much traffic to your webpage and then people go to the signup page and then the numbers drop way off, that's a question. Okay. What's going on here? I mean, you may know what happened. In other words, they, they dropped off. But you don't know why. That's why. So it's how do we find out why? If we, if they're a new potential client, and we don't know why they're dropping off, is it something that we just start testing language and and copywriting and pictures and colors, or is there any way for us to go? Hey, we saw you put something in the cart, but you didn't hit. You know, you didn't hit buy. Why? Fine. You know, if, <clears throat> fine. Four, five, six people that closely represent who your customers are, sit them down and have them try it. 
Mm. That's what that's what we do. That's what I do. And and I and again at all different scales from very small <laughs> to very large, you have to you have to experience what they do or try to do as they try to do it. That's and and, the, and there's there's insights in some cases business critical insights that you'll find that are that you won't be able to get any other way. Wow. Wow. I like that idea. And I'm sure all of us have a few clients or ideal customers that we would like to have that we could ask to go through in exchange for a, you know, Starbucks card or a, you know, a thank you of some sort, but you want to just get that, you want to get that user experience because golly, last night, believe it or not, I'm looking for a new accounting software. And I went in and there was no information for me, no telephone number. You're singing my exact story. And the only thing I could do was a chat bot. And it pissed me off so much (laughs) that I got out of the account and I'm not going to use them because they didn't give me that everything was fine until I had a question that wasn't answerable and, and I couldn't get the results I was looking for. And so I'm no longer going to use that accounting software. I'm going to go find another one because it was too difficult for me to get the answer. And that event, <clears throat> you are a lost customer to them. I'm gone. You're gone. And to, to them, all of that that you just described is completely hidden. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what you just described. All they know is that you're just another data point in the database on the metrics. What they don't know is yet that story that you just told. Okay. The only way that they're going to learn that story and know that in the future, they have to answer that question to not lose customers is to be able to observe you or somebody else going through that process. Mm. There's no other way to learn that. And therefore there's no other way to fix it. Hmm. You know, that, I mean, you're right. This, what I just said was tremendous feedback for them that if they just had somebody at uh, uh, it, it a fraction of the penny of a, of a live professional that could just answer, um, they would have, they would have kept me and, and my, my revenue that they could have generated. Right. Um, interesting. Interesting. So again, this, this sound, this sounds like kind of a daunting, scary tactic, but think about the repercussions. Um, either you do something or you pay for the mistakes, right? <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a well, uh, a well decided direction to take to get a little upfront work done. And this could be anything. This could be how many times does your email get open? Does it even get seen yes. to, to the website or the social ma- marketing or the, or the, you know, the actual click to buy on your website? Um, I think we need to do this kind of research. Otherwise, we're just we're throwing our money away. Yeah. And, and it's probably important to note, too, again, this, this is very focused on small businesses and individual professionals and operations that don't have the huge budgets that a lot right. of the companies do that we work right. with. So I'm, I'm really trying to scale this down to something that's manageable, that fits within the, the financial resources and the time available. Yeah. And, it, and it, it can be done. I see, I've seen it done all the time. Yeah. Now, if you want to make- it should be done. I think that's the done. other piece. It should be done. It, but if you want to go a little further and for most Companies, even the smallest companies, a small investment in this will pay off many times. Oh, so exactly. if you just so if you hire a professional 
to come in and sort of guide you through this process. And you can find somebody probably locally who would be willing to do this for you for maybe a few thousand dollars at most. And they're going to help you discover some insights that, for example, I could think of many examples, but if you increase the conversion rate, sales conversion rate on your website by a few percentage, do the math. What's that? What's that going to buy you over time? Exponential money there. Yeah. yeah, you know, this is this is really good points and really big, big, big ahas because one of the biggest complaints I hear um, working with business owners is is the the return on their investment for their marketing dollars, right? That marketing dollar is your website and your emails and your social and your and your landing pages and everything that you do. It's because they haven't done the final step of testing the process to make sure things are fixed and there's no blatant gaps, like not having your damn phone number. <laughs> or not being I mean, able to answer a basic question on some software yes. like you just described. Yeah. It's usually, it's, and then again, the, the other thing to keep in mind is, is remember your own experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as business people, we're online, we're on our mobile phones, we're doing this stuff all the time. Yes. So we know firsthand we know what a frustrating experience feels like. Yeah. And, and, and how to put that into your business so your customers don't ever have to feel that. Right. Whoo. Woo, Bob, this is good. This is really good stuff. Um, I, think it's, I think it's incredibly important to affect the, the, the bottom line growth that you have in your business and the profitability that you want you have to do these little steps and make sure that the client experience when they come into you and work with you is top notch yep. for what you can handle. That's right. Yes. Mm. You, you, this all can scale to whatever you have time and money for. And it's, yep. it's essential. It's essential. And, and what would it cost you not to do it? Huh? Yes. Lots, <laughs> lots yes. and lost business. Um, all right, Bob. So where can listeners find out more about you? About these processes and 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 how we can really put this into our business and make it work. So uh, you can find me on on LinkedIn. I'm Bob Barry on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also go to my website at itstheusers.com, and I will provide some additional help for anyone that wants to download it. So if you go to itstheusers.com/slash/bizgrowth, B-I-Z growth then I'll have a summary of what we talked about here today. I also have a top 10, which is, you know, this top 10 ways to create exceptional virtual experience on little or no budget. (sighs) So a number of tips, Uh, there'll be another uh, uh, little surprise for you there as well on some of the fundamentals around user experience and how to implement them in your business that that should be very helpful as well. So this this is a really important a part of being successful and, uh, you know, go to itstheusers.com slash bizgrowth and provide some more materials to help you get started. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been really valuable and eye-opening to the places that we're not spending the time. I know the listeners aren't spending the time there and they really should. So. They really should. Yes. Good stuff. All right, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable. This is super important stuff, and I encourage you to take Bob up on his offer of having those resources. So 
And now more than ever, it's important to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. There are tons, and I mean tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business. It'll be on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You really don't want to miss this class. And as always, Bob and I would love to hear your thoughts, your comments. Give us some feedback on an experience you didn't like and how you might turn this into a win-win for you and your clients. So comment on today's podcast and don't forget to subscribe. As always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Bob. Thanks, Marcia. Good luck to everyone.